Welcome to the Biz Bros Podcast. My name is Kyle Nelson. Got my co-host here, Mr. Eli Libby. Morning. Happy Flag Day. Yes, Flag Day. Absolutely. The day our flag was adopted, 1777. Mm -hmm. Beautiful day. Beautiful day to be alive. We're really excited. We have an awesome, awesome individual on our podcast today. We're going to talk about a topic that we're pretty passionate about. Mm, absolutely. Coaching versus leading or managing. So uh, let's welcome Bill Ekstrom to the podcast. He's the founder and CEO of Excel Institute, the world's first and only organization to measure and quantify leadership effectiveness. He's considered one of the world's top authorities in metric-based performance coaching and growth. His book, The Coaching Effect, co-authored by Excel Institute President Sarah Worth, helps leaders at all levels understand the necessity of challenging people out of their comfort zone to create high-growth organizations. That is everything we talk about. <laughs> yes, Welcome I'm, I'm to the show. Excited. Welcome, Bill. Thank you, Kyle and Eli. It's a pleasure to be with you all. Yeah. Jesus, wow. wow. Honored to have you on the on the call, man. It's, I think this is going to be a great conversation. Um. We love the topic of yes. just like coaching and like mm -hmm. leading your team um, rather mm -hmm. than managing. We we preach that exactly just yep. uh, just as much. But I with your insight on the coaching effect with your book and your in your institute that you have, mm -hmm. I'm I'm thinking we're going to come up with some really good nuggets yep. from this. Absolutely. Well, to kick us off, Bill, give us a little bit of a background intro into who you are and, and kind of where you are today with uh, which some of the stuff you're doing with the institute. Uh, well, thank you for that opportunity. Uh, we're, uh, where do I begin? How long do we have? Um, <laughs> you know, I won't go back overly far. What I think is unique, uh, or perhaps what people want to, seems like what people want to know about is, okay, wait a minute. You started the company in very adverse condition in your life. And mm -hmm. I don't know if you watched my TED talk uh, mm -hmm. titled Why Comfort Will Ruin Your Life. But I start off telling the story about getting fired and the, how that day, while it created huge amount of discomfort in, in a lot of different mm -hmm. ways, emotional discomfort, financial discomfort, so on and so mm -hmm. forth, uh, it really paved the way for me to do what I'm doing now. Um, mm -hmm. to the point where I could honestly say we wouldn't be on this call together had I not been fired back in 2008. Yep. Everything uh, reason. Totally believe that. But yeah. So, so I've just been fascinated with the impact leaders and coaches have on teams. <laughs> right. And everybody wants to talk about elite performers. Everybody wants to talk about whether it's in the world of business or sport, you know, great teams, great organizations, but mm -hmm. it, it always comes back to how they're coached or led. Right. And it's true. That's where I wanted to put my focus mm -hmm. is, well, instead of understanding what creates great teams, I want to focus on what the great coaches are doing on those teams, whether it's in the world of business or again, the world of sports. So, yeah, you know, the, our organization started off in the world of business, specifically in sales departments. Uh, yeah. that, that was my background. We evolved into, all departments within organizations understanding the impact leaders are having on teams. And then it's evolved in the world of athletics um, yeah, cool. and the, even the classroom where we're studying the impact coaches have on student athletes and mm. likewise the studying and learning the impact teachers have on students in a classroom setting. So it's huge. Institutes kind of broadened that way. That is so cool. It makes total sense too, from an athlete perspective. Um, people have, there are some people that have natural talent, especially at a very young age. And as they progress into their athletic career, they have that talent. 
but they don't need to be micromanaged. They really need to be coached. Right. And how to do that most effectively. I think that you're, you're reaching the choir. Totally get it. Yeah. I think, you know, I kind of look back at like all my like mentors and mm-hmm. people that like were huge individuals yep. in my life that shaped who I am. Mm-hmm. They were coaches for sure. They were all exactly. coaches. They helped me. They helped me understand from, they helped me like what a coach does, right? They helped me figure out what I needed to get done and accomplish and move forward without telling me. Mm-hmm. They helped me figure it out on my own. Exactly. And I feel like a powerful coach does that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, well, you're spot on, um, Kyle. That's that is what great coaches do. It's right. You know, I, I've heard so many times uh, from either primarily in business, you'll hear leaders say, "Well," and we have to think about this. Whether I'm a young executive or what, where I am in my career, if I'm in a coaching role, and, and I define coaching, separate coaching from leadership, when I have a team that reports to me. If I've got a person or a series of people that report to me, that means I'm probably more of a coach than a leader. I can be a follower and have great leadership behaviors. Right. I'm a coach when I have a team. And and those coaches, too, so many times I hear them say, Kyle, uh, well, my job is to remove obstacles for my mm-hmm. people so they can perform. And my response is always to say, no, it's not. That's not your job. Your your job is to teach them how to remove the obstacles Mm -hmm. so they can perform, not to do it for them. Mm. Too much time as leaders and coaches and even parents on on freeing up these roadways or pathways so our kids or our athletes or the people on our business teams can perform. No, no, no. It's it's those challenges. It's it's those times uh, of discomfort when growth really occurs. So- Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, we have to be careful with that because you're spot on. If you can, if I, if I can help you uncover what you do well, and allow you to re- uh, figure out how to overcome those obstacles, that's my job, and that's where we see significant growth. That's I mean, it. I mean, how 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 else do you like? Yeah, you know, I was just gonna say that. How else do you experience growth mm-hmm. in life? By having someone tell you what your problems are, tell you how to figure things out, like you need to figure it out within, and or do it for them, right? Or yeah, which is a lot of managers out there, <laughs> they'll just exactly. throw their hands up and say the hell with it. I'm just going to do it. Which right, is- it's easier it's easier to do it for you versus help you understand how to do it. Right, which could just it could decrease the effectiveness of your team rather than you know just at yep. least keeping it stable, but mm-hmm. let alone increasing the effectiveness of it. Exactly. Yeah. What's cool is um, in this podcast, Bill, we talk and we interview a ton of thought leaders. And it's really cool to see consistency across a lot of the messaging. Mm-hmm. We had a podcast last um, last week talking about how important it is to be uncomfortable and like the power of that, again, doing it yourself um, and how we've set our lives up for comfort. We've set our lives up for like getting up, like making sure that he, he used the analogy of like a, like a warm shower versus a cold shower. Um, like a warm house versus a cold. Like he used all these things about how we've set up life to be comfortable and we are not experiencing or not letting ourselves experience being uncomfortable. Um, and again, kind of what you talked about, it's already being paved for us versus mm. kind of what you're talking about from a coaching perspective. So I think it's really cool how like all the dots connect. Absolutely. At the Biz Bros. Well, and you're right. Growth only occurs in a state of discomfort. And that mm-hmm. applies biologically, physiologically, psychologically. Right. 
Yes. You know, any in any example you could think of, um, and and I've tested this, and I, you know, even began writing another book about it. But oh, nice. it, it just holds true. It just it it does. And you're right. We are um, as human beings, we 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 have wired ourselves for comfort, for order, for predictability. And that's and that's what brings comfort. It is mm-hmm. it, it, in its most simplest form. It's predictability. If I know my inputs and outcomes, mm-hmm. that's what creates predictability. That's predictability, and that's what creates comfort. Exactly. Discomfort is real simple. It's the antithesis of that. It's the unknown. I can mm-hmm. still know the inputs, but if you change it on me, that means the outcome is going to be different. Mm-hmm. And it's unknown outcomes. Right. That's true. I love that. What is that analogy about the teach man to fish? What is that one? You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> it's the same concept. <laughs> you think about it, it's kind of the same concept, right? It's one of the biggest analogies like in yeah. the world. Yeah. yeah. Can you repeat it? Do you know what it is? No, I'm going to let you figure it out. <laughs> yeah. Okay. A biggest analogy in the world over here. Um, it does kind of remind me of that. So that's cool. Yeah. Tell us, we're good. No, 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 Do you have it? No, that was good. This is like, what? You, you give a man a fish, they only can provide one meal, but you teach a man a fish, they have meals for their life. Is right. Right. Exactly. Right. Man a fish, feed him for a day. Teach a man a fish, feed him for a lifetime. Kind of had it. See? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Bell's got it. Go, go for it. So, for it. I mean, how, there's a lot of people out there that don't know, like, because like a lot of our listeners, they're like early entrepreneurs. It's kind of like the first time they might have some like, background and like the startup world, but they mm-hmm. haven't really like launched their own business and they're just getting in and starting to build a team. How can people start working on like becoming a better cho- coach and figuring out like, am I a good coach already? Like, what do I need to prove on? Like, what's the coaching effect? Um, so the, 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 the wow. <laughs> I think yeah. you, quite frankly, might be, I've probably done 50 or more podcasts. You may be the first one who's ever asked that question that's the same thing. What is the coaching effect? Oh, man. You know, we're just trying to throw it in there for you. Well, it's the name of the book. It's, but, but, so I've never been asked a question, but it's such a beautiful question. It is the effect you have on growth of the people on your team. It's just that simple. You know, if, if a team can produce X without you as my coach, they better produce Y with you as my coach mm-hmm. right that difference between x and y that positive gain is what we refer to as discretionary effort what you do what you say the effect you have on me i either give you the same amount of discretionary effort i either give you more discretionary effort i give myself permission to provide discretionary effort right it's so basically as a coach or a leader, you're a stimulator. You, you, you are stimulus in my life. And how we respond to that stimulus dictates our growth. It's the um, amazingly wonderful quote from Viktor Frankl. Between stimulus mm-hmm. and response, there is a space. In that space is our power to choose our response. Oh. And in our response lies our growth and our freedom. Mm. Come Ooh, on, baby. Yeah, there we are. <laughs> that was right that there. was beautiful. I love that. <laughs> I think a big part of what I love what you're saying, Bill, is we talk a lot about <clears throat> delegating and the power to, mm. to to step away as leaders, but being able to coach them 
and give them the tools and, and coach them properly allows them to stand on their own a little bit more. Oh, and yeah. allows the CEOs and the leaders to pull back a little bit more. So if you're a good coach as a CEO, you have the opportunity to pull back a little bit more. Yeah. I was going to add to that too. I feel like what we try doing a lot with our team is helping them understand their decision-making authority. Mm -hmm. And that's huge. If you yep. don't give it to them first and let them have it, but like helping coach them yep. understand what that decision making, mm -hmm. like what, it, what is it it's all about? Like, where's yep. the authority? Where can they stand? And um, that's helped us, you know, we don't micromanage or sorry. I mean, obviously, but uh, it's helped us kind of step away and kind of just watch and like make mm -hmm. sure just to help people kind of mold who they are as leaders and, and move forward in the company. It, it you know, it's, yeah, that's a good, that's an interesting point because not everybody makes a great coach. Right. Let's face it. In our research, we see only about four to 5% of employees would be a great, what we call a great high growth coach. Wow. Meaning 96% should find something else to do. Right. Uh, and, and there's too much emphasis that, well, growth is synonymous with a promotion or an elevation or, or this mobility into management or leadership roles. And that's a joke. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. if I'm an athlete, let's face it, you think my goal is to become a coach? No, my goal <laughs> is to become a great player in the sport I'm doing. Yeah. If I'm in business, if I'm in IT, if I'm in sales, if I'm in operations, <clears throat> my focus should be being as great as I am in this role. Absolutely. And wherever that takes me, that takes me. But the idea that people should all progress into leadership roles is false. Hmm. Wow. I've got a, um, a question. I'm kind of itching to ask <clears throat> in, in the world, I'm really coaches in general, both uh, athletic ones and kind of business in the business um, industry. What are some synergies and personality types or things that you see that are mm. um, really consistent with really good coaches? Mm. And I look back, I'm, very focused right now, like looking at the the sports world, but like, what are some traits that like Phil Jackson had that made him such a good coach? Because he's coaching the greatest of all time. How does he coach and how does he help excel that player that is already dominant top of the top of their sport? Mm. What are some? Uh, I know wow. it's kind of a deep dark question. I know, I know. That's another one. Oh, okay, no, no, but but I understand the spirit yeah. of your question. And by yep. the way, yeah, I am fascinated with Phil Jackson. I oh, yeah. read his books. Uh, yep, he. Uh, you know, but I, I have to say, and this won't surprise anybody, we have not studied Phil Jackson's behavior. So, okay. Mm -hmm. However, when we study both in the worlds of business and in the world of sport, we find items that are endemic to great coaches or leaders. Okay. Uh, and then when you think about it, it would apply to Phil Jackson. As a matter of fact, when I was reading his books, it's like, oh my gosh, this stuff lines up. Uh, first and foremost, there, so there are three primary themes that great coaches score really, really well in. Okay. Um, first theme is in relationship. Their mm. ability to create trust-based connections mm. with each unique, with, individ, with individuals each uniquely, along with creating psychological safety. Okay. Okay. So those two components okay. of relationship. There's an order component a structure component, a process component to what they do. Uh, they're predictable. 
Mm-hmm. They go up to practice. Nobody says, gee, I hope, I, I wonder what kind of mood coaches in today. Right. They're consistent. They're, they're at their best when under pressure. Mm. Uh, if you were to watch Bill Jackson on yep. the bench during a Bulls game, mm-hmm. you wouldn't know if the Bulls were up 20 or down 20 based on his behaviors. Got it. <laughs> you knew what to expect at practice with him. He was he was predictable in that sense. So the, so while I, I talk about comfort and predictability, when we do our research, there is absolutely there is certain components of comfort and predictability that are present in high performing teams. So there's a, a relationship component, there's a predictable order component, and then the third one to answer your question, Eli, is mm-hmm. it's there's a challenge component. The comfort piece that I talked about in the TED talk and that we talk about in our book, The Coaching Effect. Without challenging team members, getting them out of their comfort zone, trying something new, they never grow or they grow at a slower pace. Right. Because we know human behavior lends to predictability. Mm-hmm. So then I need to get out of my comfort zone or out of my order into this, what's called a complex environment. So great coaches understand that found relationships are foundational. Mm. They understand that there's a structure, a, a process, an order piece, but they also understand that man, I gotta, I gotta be able to challenge them. So those three components are what are endemic. When we study great coaches, they score really high in all three of those areas. That is so cool that you broke that down. Because you can kind of see it from an outsider's point of view, but to break it down into kind of those three buckets, that was very helpful. Well, good. I'm glad that helped. So, so I mean, how do we become? How do we? How do we get in the mindset of that? Like, how? I mean, obviously, it takes decades of, of who mm-hmm. he is, and and I just, you know, I, I want to do that. <laughs> how do I get there? Like, not that I, I don't know where I'm at. I mean, from perspective, Eli, you probably would say I'm the best coach in the world. I don't know, but I'm just trying to figure out. <laughs> Well, you know, it's interesting because the only way it's funny um, in the world of athletics, we're working with athletic directors, help them understand because they said their number one objective bar none when it comes to coaches and student athletes was that the coaches provide the most positive student athlete experience possible. They believed if they did that, wins would be a result. So wins were not as top priority as the student athlete experience. Okay. Mm. Air quotes again there. Um, Here's what's fascinating about that. Not one of them could define what the student athlete experience was. Mm. Gotcha. So the team back to you now coming full circle is understanding what coaching is, if using using that in the world of business, what, what does it mean to be a great coach? And if you define that, and then you can measure it. Mm. And and that is where all that, that's where the growth has to begin, Kyle, is that we have to be able to say, okay, well, how do I get better? What kind of mindset do we get in? Well, you have to understand what you're good at, and what you're not good at first as mm. a coach in order to improve on it. So in other words, for you, is that uh, should we start on psychological safety? Or should we start on the way you develop the skills of the people on your team? Right. Or perhaps we start on your ability to make them uncomfortable. 
you know, mm-hmm. uh, or is it connection, your ability to create trust-based connections with the people on it? You know, where do you begin? You have to know what you're good at now. And which I think probably what shocks both in the worlds of business and athletics, coaches or leaders more than anything else is the lack of trust-based connections they have with the people on their team. That one throws them for a loop. They, you know, we score them on one to 100 and they get the score back and they're like a 64 and they're going, whoa. Yeah. I thought the people on my team really, I thought I had great connections with, well, you, you do. And I'm saying you, you, perhaps you don't, but in terms of trust-based connections, oh my gosh, I, I can't believe they don't trust me. Well, do you show the behaviors that would indicate trust? Mm. Okay. So it's, and, and if you got that back, if you were measured, for example, and you came back with a 64, you go, oh my gosh, I got to change some things. Right. So that's, that, that's, and that's what shifts mindset in my mind or, or the beginning is to be first understand what you do well, what you don't. Yeah. I was curious on how you score Like, so you have like an assessment. Well, yeah, the, um, the only way to coach leadership or scores is, is to go to the people who they lead or who they coach. Right. 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 You know, I always think it's funny. People say, well, do you do three sixties? No, I hate three sixties. I, I despise those. Um, but I do believe in bottom up. If I, uh, not evaluations, but in bottom up understanding and, and scoring. So for, for example, if you, here's always a, the most simple analogy. If you wanted to understand how well you served your clients, would you go to your client service people mm-hmm. and ask them, or would you go to your client? Go straight to the client. Let's get some service. Exactly. Yep. So as a coach, you go to your student athletes. Mm-hmm. You go to the people on your team, whether it's in business or athletics. And then you ask, you. so you develop, so what we've done, we've developed a survey, um, predictable survey, scientific-based survey, that helps coaches understand how they affect student athletes or salespeople or operations people or IT people. Wow. That makes total sense. Yeah, it's so simple, yeah. right? In, in yeah. yeah. I mean, the, it, the work is in the science of understanding what you're measuring yeah. and how effective it is. Right. Exactly. You're not going to get, there's no way to get a better score mm-hmm. if you just talk to the people. Yeah. That's, right. What type of questions do you like? What, what has what does assessment look like? Like what? Uh, in business, it's a roughly it's a 60, 60 question where uh, there are different themes. As as mm-hmm. I mentioned earlier, we're measuring the primary themes are things like trust connections, psychological mm-hmm. safety, structure, skill development, something we call a catalytic factor, uh, which which is. Uh, the ability to you know make somebody uncomfortable in a healthy way, because right. uh, we don't believe in fear. Uh, you can make create discomfort with fear. We just don't think it's healthy. I find uh, it interesting. I, I would imagine from the the assessments that you do, or tests or feedback or whatever, you probably the as a coach or leader, you probably can learn a lot about what's going on internally with your teams not just about trying to improve your coaching, but you probably could learn other things that people yeah. are talking about if whether the foundation's shaky or if it's solid, like mm-hmm. if people are worried, what's, I don't know. I'm sure that you can come up with other stuff from these. That's true. Oh, sure. You can. You're, you're, you're right. Um, I'm, I'm trying to think, you know, more than anything, it, it's, 
a very um, wonderfully sobering understanding of your effectiveness as a leader or a coach is, is really, and some people don't want to know that. Mm, they, they, just sure. don't, they just don't want to. Um, some deny it. Uh, and, our, you know, what a president, Sarah Worth, co-author of The Coaching Effect, she always says, she goes, they're thinking it and saying it already. Wouldn't mm. you like to know it? Yes. Mm -hmm. Full it's already there in their minds. So you may as well know it because then you can do something about it. I think it's also kind of like eating their own dog food. Like they need Let's to go. be uncomfortable. That's a way for them to get uncomfortable Let's is go. understanding and seeing that assessment like right there. That is exactly what they're preaching. And so I, why don't they get uncomfortable? And I feel like it's a good thing. I mean, yeah. It's almost a good thing if you kind of rank a little on the lower side because then you know you can improve and like you you're showing your team that you're you know doing the best you can to make sure that you're building trust and you're mm -hmm. built i mean it's no brainer you're getting well, yeah, think, think about if i'm a if i'm a leader of a sales team mm -hmm. and i expect my salespeople to be a little smarter at the end of the day than they were at the start of the day i expect right. them to take another step forward in progression towards objectives right so I expect basically growth mm -hmm. out of them every single day. Mm. What am I doing as a coach? Right. Oh, but don't make me uncomfortable. Don't show me how effective I am. Right. Exactly. It's critical. The same applies in the, in the gym or on a field. We expect our student athletes to get better every single day. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. But all of a sudden you don't want to know how effective you are. Yeah. Right. Which will only make them more effective if you start realizing mm -hmm. it's Exactly. The law of the lid applies. Oh, the coaching there effect. It is. The coaching effect. Wow. That's crazy. Twice. <laughs> that was awesome. That is really some good, some good, uh, good knowledge in there. Good nuggets for the audience. They're going to love that. So, um, as we wrap this up, because we're starting to run out of time a little bit, if you had just one message that you, when you get on these podcasts and when you speak and in your book, just all, your message and a few lines that you hope people take away with at the end of the day, what, what is that? Uh, it, it's, it's going to be twofold. Mm -hmm. Uh, number one is start with yourself. Okay. Mm -hmm. And you, you just, you just refer to it. The growth of a team always starts with the coach looking in the mirror. Mm -hmm. And and that's where it begins. If I know I am a lid to my team's performance and so at Excel Institute. And, and so I, if I want my team to grow, I have to first focus on myself. So focusing on you as a coach leader is not selfish. It is selfless. Mm. So that's, that's number one. Starts with you look in the mirror. Um, and number two, become comfortable with discomfort. Yep. You, you just, you, you've got to understand Beautiful. that growth only occurs in the state of discomfort. Now that doesn't mean you can be there all the time. You can't. Nor can the people on your team. Our research backs that up. Mm -hmm. You can't be afraid of discomfort. And 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 when you think about it, we have order and predictability and comfort. To, and think about the way you get up in the morning, your morning <laughs> routines. Uh, there's comfort in the, the way you think about other people. And one of the things we know, the more you think about something the same way, the neural pathways in your brain get deeper and wider and harder it is to think about it or do something differently. Mm -hmm. So always change it up. Brush your teeth with your opposite hand. Oh, that's on the other way. Pick up an instrument. I started playing guitar over, um, over COVID. 
just as ways to create discomfort in my mind mm -hmm. as well. I love that. I, yeah. I, 20, yeah, go ahead. 2021, I, because we got all this, like, <clears throat> everyone telling us being comfortable with being uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. like, I projected 2021 was my year. Like, I'm trying to be uncomfortable doing a lot of shit. And I feel like I've done pretty good doing that. Like, yeah. you know, I, I just, it's cool to have validation over and over about mm -hmm. that. And especially from thought leaders like yourself, just like to become better. Mm -hmm. I think from a deep, like, neuroscience point of view, like you just said, Ooh. like that right there. It's really cool to hear that same thing, comfort, comfort, comfort develops these really hard patterns. So try to break them out. That was, that was awesome. You know, it's interesting too, as I, as before we wrap this up. So I have a, um, I have two boys, one's almost six, one's almost two. And like starting to teach them these like principles early on in life, I could just think of the, the amazing yep. coaches they could become like in school yep. and helping <laughs> others and being leaders. And then once they move on to careers and college, what do they end up doing? Mm -hmm. Just prepping them now. And if we did that national scale, international scale, whatever it may be, and like spread that message, think about how different the world could look in 15, 20 years, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, right. Yeah. Oh, oh, what would the world look like <laughs> everybody had a high growth coach <laughs> as opposed to a manager or a boss. Exactly. Businesses would operate better. You'd have better customer experiences. I mean, everything mm -hmm. across the board. The trickle down effect would be e enormous. So hey, congratulations though on starting with your six and two year old because that is beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. I, do that. I, yeah. Hopefully our audience too will propel <laughs> this <said>. message. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. So, this is awesome. Well, awesome, Bill. We're super excited we had you on the Biz Bros podcast. If people want to follow you, the Excel Institute, you want to get your book, um, where are they going to find you? Uh, thank you for that opportunity. The Coaching Effect is the name of the book, and that's Amazon, Barnes & Noble, all the great bookstores uh, around. Uh, I do have BillExtrom.com as a website, the Excel Institute is another website mm -hmm. excel institute backslash sports is another website right the ted talk that really kind of propelled me and got so much of this going is titled why comfort will ruin your life oh. that is the wonderful tie into everything we've been discussing today mm -hmm. and uh yeah i i'm on linkedin twitter people can find me and i always respond if people connect with me i love it i just and if somebody has a question, um, I've never not answered a question. Nice. Awesome. Thanks, Bill, for jumping on. And I hope that we can um, definitely have a follow-up yep. down the road, a follow-up episode. and We'll pick up your book, too, pick up and, the we book can, and we can go back and forth on that. That'd be fun. I would enjoy that, gentlemen. Thank you very much for the opportunity to today. It's been fun. Yeah, Absolutely. So talk soon. Well, thank you so much for joining us on the Biz Bros Podcast. Uh, if you haven't yet, it was an amazing show. If you haven't yet, follow us anywhere that you can type in Biz Bros Podcast. Mm -hmm. We're going to pop up. Follow us there. Subscribe to it. And uh, we're looking forward to the next episode. We'll hear and talk to you then. See you guys.